0: Lawyers, has there ever been a time the opposing counsel accidentally proved your case for you, and what happened? My favorite is a story from Gary Spence. For those of you who don't know, he's a famous trial attorney. A witness on the stand was claiming that he suffered injuries to his arm because of a city bus accident. Jerry asked him to demonstrate to the jury how far he can lift up his arms after the accident. The witness makes a feeble effort of lifting his arm. Then Jerry asks the witness to demonstrate to the jury how far he could lift his arm up before the accident. He lifts his arm much higher. The jury laughs. The case is over. Domestic violence case where the husband beat the wife senseless. Landlord tried to evict wife for breach of lease due to the beating. Landlord claimed wife violated lease terms by allowing police to be called to property and causing a disruption. My argument was that as a domestic violence victim, wife is covered under the VAWA, and the property is HUD subsidized. Also, MD Law offers domestic violence protections too. Landlord's counsel during his opening talks about how my client was beaten, and the police were called, and an ambulance, etc., I just stood there looking at him. When he finished, the judge asked if I had anything to say. My response, no, your honor, I believe opposing counsel has said everything that needs to be said. The judge smiled and ruled in my client's favor. Landlord can't evict a domestic violence victim. My family did foster care for a few years and we fell in love with the last girl we took in, now my younger sister. She was required to keep in regular touch with her emotionally and physically abusive birth mom the intention being for them to eventually reunite. This woman was a horror. Every single time they interacted, she'd spend the duration painstakingly shredding my sister's self-confidence. My parents worked hard to establish a strong rapport and supportive environment, and she blossomed under their care. She's one of the most resilient people I know. When the state tried to return her to her mum, she didn't want to go. So my parents sued, I think, don't really know all the legal details, for guardianship. This seemed like it would be an uphill battle. Here we were, a family of randos trying to steal a kid from her rightful mum. We were really afraid she would have to go back and that her crappy family would systematically undo all the hard work she'd done rebuilding her self-esteem. Fortunately, her idiotic mum decided to represent herself at the guardianship hearing. I wasn't in the room, but I heard the audio recording later on, and it's incredible how thoroughly this woman shot herself in the foot. Some highlights. She kept trying to testify while cross-examining people. Would it surprise you to learn that blah, blah, blah? The judge called her out for this like six separate times and she just kept doing it. She would admit to various incidents of emotional abuse, but then tried to argue that it was all justified because her daughter was being a B-word. She'd ask witnesses, for example, and wouldn't you be angry if your daughter did X, Y, Z? Yes or no? My personal favorite and best example of her proving our case. It's absolutely not true that I hit my daughter with a wooden spoon. I only tried and missed. I'll prove it. I can show you the mark I left in the doorframe. Needless to say, we won guardianship. My sister never has to see that awful woman again unless she damn well pleases. The Dunning-Kruger effect occurs when a person's lack of knowledge and skills in a certain area cause them to overestimate their own competence. This lady may be a walking-talking example of said effect, both in her capacity as a parent and a lawyer. I worked as an intern for a lawyer. Construction laws in France are quite strict in regards to the neighboring of historical monuments. The city was denying a permit for heavy modification of the house of our clients. They were arguing that because you could see the house from the church's bell tower, modifications were impossible. As a support, they kindly linked us a 360-degree picture from said bell tower. We, as kindly, pointed out to them that our client's house was indeed not visible from the top of the church. Building permit was greenlit the following day. Not a lawyer, but I am a former insurance fraud investigator. We were at a hearing before the WCB. I had something like 18 hours of video spread over a two-week period of a claimant doing roofing work. The problem for me was that the video didn't get a clear face shot. Normally, what we liked to do was get in close, show the face for positive identification, and then zoom out. Bonus if the claimant was wearing distinctive clothing that could be easily tied to him. Because of where this guy lived, all I could do was show someone who matched his description getting out of a truck registered to him every morning. He wore a hat, he had a beard, and he had neither at the hearing. So the company lawyer is prepping me and basically letting me know to be on point because the claimant's attorney is almost certainly going to challenge the fact that it is his client in the video. If the video got tossed, the case was lost. About two minutes into the hearing, claimant's attorney agrees to stipulate to the fact that it is his client in all of the video. All of it. Our attorney was shocked. That was pretty much the only leg he had to stand on. Claimant attorney was incredibly smug right after this, like it was no big deal. Evidently, his strategy was to show that his client wasn't really a professional roofer, since he was doing the roof the wrong way. He tried to get me to answer questions about roofing. I refused, as it was beyond the scope of my work, and he just wouldn't let it go. After about an hour of back and forth over this, the judge finally said, Counselor, it doesn't matter if your client is doing the work well. What matters is that he has stated numerous times under oath that he cannot work. Whether he's doing it for free, for cash, or for fun, has no bearing on the fact that he's doing roofing work while collecting compensation benefits, which he was awarded because he couldn't do roofing work. The guy lost and had to repay a bunch of benefits. After a few of those hearings, I began formulating a list of lawyers I would never hire and ones who I would absolutely want on my side. I had to go to court over a financial screw-up when I was a student, took advice from the university legal support team who said I didn't need a solicitor, so I went alone. The judge didn't like this and postponed it for another date so I could prove I'd had more counsel first. The other party's solicitor caught me outside the court and said, I didn't tell you this, but and pointed out a huge error in the financial paperwork that made it very obviously come out in my favor. Went back to legal support, got confirmation that it was right, went to the second hearing alone, and got the entire thing thrown out. The other solicitor winked at me as he left. Saved me about $9,000. Nice chap. Not a lawyer, but took my brother-in-law's landlord to small claims court. He's on SSI, and I'm his conservator." We sued her for over $4,000 after she just decided she didn't like him and changed the locks on his apartment door. She also stuffed all of his belongings into trash bags and dragged them out to the curb. This was all done the day after she cashed his rent check. It all started because she was letting herself into his apartment with no notice and was going through his stuff while he was gone. When I found out about this, I told him to let her know that it was not okay. He did, and that's why she kicked him out. I'm very organized and presented the judge with a folder containing photos, receipts, short videos on DVD, and the sheriff call logs, as well as a concise timeline of events. The landlord showed up with her son and countersued for the exact same amount we were suing them for claiming that the apartment was trashed, there were holes in the walls, and they would have to repair everything before being able to rent again. During the hearing, the judge asked for evidence of the damage to the room. The son whipped out his cell phone and showed a video panning and walking around the room. The video showed my brother-in-law's apartment obviously still being lived in. His stuff was all still there, and no visible damage, but there were a lot of posters and things hung on the walls. When the judge looked at the video, he asked, where's the damage? The son replied, you can't see it. It's behind all the posters. The judge frowned and looked at the video again and said, did you take this video when he was still living here at the time? The son replied, yes. This was the clincher. The judge then asked, did you ask his permission to enter the apartment to take the video? Silence. We were awarded the full amount. There is just something so deliciously satisfying about this kind of case. A bunch of dishonest, awful people being utterly destroyed for their dishonesty. I had a misdemeanor possession case I was defending. Client was driving his mum's car. He gets pulled over for playing the stereo too loud. There are pills in the center console, in a prescription pill bottle. The bottle has his mum's name on it. Client gets arrested and charged with possession of a controlled substance without a prescription. Case is obviously bullcrap, but the dumbest DA I've met in my entire life won't dismiss. We go to trial. During closing arguments, the DA says, This case is a circumstantial evidence case. During my closing, I slap the jury instruction on the projector, that says if a case is based on circumstantial evidence and there is one factual scenario that points to guilt and one that points to innocence, the jury must find in favor of the defendant and acquit. My client was acquitted. I had a hearing where the opposing party offered an updated contract that my client supposedly signed. Except it was a horrible copy and barely readable. Then he assured the judge that the new same as the old contract, except for the party name at the top. The original contract was in his mum's name, the new one in his name, and the date of the contract itself. He made that assurance multiple times. After he exhausted himself saying how everything was the same, I then pointed out to the judge that half the provisions were different, and that my client had never signed that form. The judge asked if we were really accusing him of forging my client's signature, since that's a serious accusation. I held up the guy's prior conviction for contract fraud and said, I absolutely am, your honor. We won, hands down. No further argument needed. My dad's ex-girlfriend took us to court over his estate after he kicked her out. Her claim was that she was entitled to half the pie due to the de facto marriage. She had mountains of evidence of her contribution to dad's company and running the private estate. Expense reports, receipts, dates and times, times her and dad proved their relationship with trips and combined spending, etc., etc. She had so much evidence, the judge took four days to look it all over, after which she came back and basically said, Why the heck would you have all this if this wasn't your plan the whole time? The case was very downhill from there. Okay, for some more clarification, she'd done the same thing to her ex-husband, giving precedent. He and her children said so in their testimonies. One of her children even inadvertently admitted she'd told them what to say and paid them for it. We were able to name the date the relationship between her and my dad ended, which was months before she claimed, and outside the time limit to make it de facto common-law marriage. We had testimony from the doctor at his ICU, who said she tried to keep everyone, including his ex-wife, our mother, and us, his children, away from him. Meanwhile, she had his phone and computer, and was trying to take over his contacts and businesses. We had proof of this. Her lawyer was a moron who constantly contradicted himself and the evidence. He lost documents, gave incorrect dates, and asked irrelevant questions of the defense. In the end, it was that her expenses for the relationship were deemed normal for anyone in any kind of romantic relationship, that gifts and meals aren't claimable for compensation, and that her contributions to the household and business were not sufficient to warrant compensation. She never actually put any money into either, and that the relationship was not sufficient in duration to qualify as a common-law marriage. This case took four frickin' years to settle, including two elevations of appeals. She finally gave up because she'd run into about a quarter million dollars of court-fee debt, as well as being forced to pay us $40,000. Not a lawyer, but was taken to court once. A guy had taken my family to court basically because he had been dating my mother, and things ended. Every cheeseburger, every Kit Kat, he even billed for things he did like house repairs. Some of the repairs were terrible and ruined other things. He tried to unclog the sink and ended up destroying the main drain pipe for the house. Now, he had bought some more expensive things as well. No one asked him to, but he was one of the types that loved to show how much money he had and would always talk about his connections and would name drop someone anytime we went anywhere. So when he takes us to court with his full itemized list, the judge asks him to go first and present his testimony. He basically says, While I was with them, I brought all this stuff. I took them to dinner all the time and all this, but it was the idea it would be paid back by them. Judge, you brought a child a birthday cake with the idea it would be paid back. Did you ever say that these things were loans and not gifts? Him, Uh well, no, but I shouldn't need to. That's the normal way people think. Judge. Well, that's not the way I think. Case dismissed. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible as we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Imagine having such a jaded view of your own kind of dating ability that you take precautions to do this kind of thing if people have the nerve to break up with you. Ugh. Relative of a retired prosecutor. Relative was working misdemeanor criminal court. Cases get called in alphabetical order and two women named Catherine Smith and Catherine Smith, with a K, were scheduled to have their hearings before the judge. Not their actual names, but you get the point. Both had similar names, but slightly different. So the bailiff announces the next case to the courtroom. Catherine Smith, with a C, for one count of possession of white powder with the intention to sell and one count of selling her body. So Catherine Smith, with a K, Stands up and indignantly cries, Whoa, 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 just wait a second. Where the hell did the working girl charges come from? I made deal yayo, but I am not a working girl. Easiest illegal substance case my relative ever prosecuted. Actual lawyer here. From the fool for a client file. Was interning at legal services after 1L, doing discovery work for family law. My supervisor invited us to observe a hearing for our client to get a restraining order against her husband. At the hearing, the client discussed various times he threatened her. The man, representing himself, interrupted and said, Judge, I never said any of those things. If I had, she wouldn't be standing here. Restraining order granted. Not a lawyer, but here's a story from the burbs. My buddy's psycho neighbor built a wall too high and doesn't have proper drainage on his property for the very small creek slash natural drainage in between their yards. My buddy hired an attorney as the psycho decided to sue him over it. My buddy's engineer looked over the property and noted not only did my buddy set his yard upright, but the neighbor created drainage problems. Neighbor hired his own engineer that proved my buddy was correct. Now the guy is likely to go postal case was going through to mediation. Since both engineers found fault with the psycho neighbor, my buddy decides he's going to take it to trial. Turned the tables a bit. I'm not a lawyer, but witnessed a pathologist win a case in court by destroying the defense's credibility. The question was over whether or not carbon monoxide poisoning could have caused certain signs of death in an individual, but the defense didn't study their chemistry very well and kept asking the pathologist whether carbon dioxide could have caused these signs. After thoroughly frustrating the defense by answering his questions incorrectly, the pathologist said very loudly, oh, I'm sorry, did you mean carbon monoxide? Because that's a completely different thing completely destroyed the defense's credibility in front of the jury. They were done after that. So I guess the opposing counsel screwed himself by not picking up a book. For clarification, this is not the only reason that lawyer didn't win. There were a lot of other things that didn't work out in his favor, but those were technical things that he probably knew about ahead of time. This was a case where he was asking questions that he thought were going to work out in his favor, but it worked out against him because he made a basic chemistry mistake that he honestly should have caught. Yeah, I know he's not a scientist, but you don't have to be a scientist to remember the difference between those two things. Getting terminology correct is a part of his job. It's not likely anyone caught a felony charge solely because he said that one thing wrong. A guy I used to work with was going through a messy divorce, about 20 years ago now. His soon-to-be ex-wife was a psycho, and her father was a psychologist, so he was pulling all of the strings. Even had my co-worker arrested at work one day. Bullcrap charges. The divorce case took years, one young son involved, and at every turn my friend lost because of something the father filed for or another string he pulled. In the end they were in court and it was very apparent that my friend was going to lose custody and all visitation rights. Every plea he entered was squashed and he was mentally broken. The judge asked the ex-wife if she had anything else to add and she said she had a written statement that she wanted the judge to read. The bailiff took the paper from her and handed it to the judge who unfolded the note and read it. He stopped for a minute and asked her if she was certain she wanted this note added to the case. And she said, yes. The judge turned to my friend and said, paraphrasing, Mr. Insert name here. All these years and all these claims that I ruled out against you, the court profusely apologizes. I did not believe you, but now I do. Ruling in your favor. Bangs the gavel. I grant you full legal and physical custody of your minor child. Bailiff, please handcuff Miss. Name here. My buddy was stunned that he won and happy at the same time. He later found out that the note said, Give me my son, or I'll frickin' kill you. There you go, folks. Threaten the judge. That can only go well for you. You heard it here first. Not a lawyer, I know, but my parents were in a lawsuit where this happened. They owned a business, and on either side of it were other businesses. Their neighbors to the left sued us, claiming that they had been using their property without paying them or without permission, that we were essentially trying to adverse possess it. We got a surveyor to come in, and the surveyor said that not only were we using all of our property, but we had been paying rent to them on about 20 feet that was also our property. Obviously, they weren't happy, so they got their own surveyor, who gave us 50 feet. We won the lawsuit. Now, their little patch of property has a rusty fence all around it with keep-out signs everywhere. It's about 20 by 10 feet. When I first started, my firm had me on a case where the client had claimed he lost because of ineffective assistance of counsel, basically saying that the old lawyer didn't do his job. So we prepare an argument based on not asking the right questions, not communicating, etc. We think it's going to be a tough case, but not unwinnable. Then we get the response to our complaint where the old lawyer argues that he was only ineffective because he didn't have time to prepare his case and only reviewed it the morning of the original trial. He had known about the case for months, by the way. The judge saw this, and during the trial, we had essentially asked, isn't this the definition of ineffective counsel? Not giving enough time to your client? The silence from his side of the court was amazing. Needless to say, the trial didn't last much longer. Thanks, opposing counsel. I guess you were ineffective for both of you. Not a lawyer, but in a suit against an employee, her attorney presented our contract and their contract to demonstrate the differences to prove that his client hadn't stolen ours. Um, where did you get our contract? Idiots. We won. Spent a couple of hundred grand, defendants both ordered to pay 10k, filed bankruptcy and dissolved business. Started anew with another competitor. Life. Not my case, but I was in courtroom watching a trial self-representing defendant who was accused of flashing a guard and pleasuring himself till, well, you know. As a pro-C defendant, he defended himself at trial without an attorney. Prosecutor was doing well proving the case. When the female deputy was on the stand, the defendant asked her one question. If you saw me do what you claim I did, then how big is my member? The deputy responded by raising her hands and estimating about 15 inches. The guy grinned, turned to the jury and said, yeah, that's right, and sat down. Obviously, he was convicted. He was doing a 10-year prison sentence, so this conviction wasn't of much consequence, but I'll never forget it. Oh, I've got one. I was about five when this happened, but my parents explained it years later. There were a series of trees on the sidewalk in front of each house on the street. Although they were not part of our yard, the tree was owned by my parents and they were responsible for it. Some guy tripped over a branch and was seriously injured. He came after my parents for all of the money. The dude showed up with a mountain of evidence. Hospital bills, psychologists' testimonials, a photo montage of his slow and painful recovery, etc. Apparently, his lawyer brandished this stuff like a bat before court. My parents' lawyer thought he had a good case. Until the first day of court, when he walked over with a picture and asked, Is this your tree? My parents looked at the photo in disbelief. Uh, no, that is actually not our tree. The opposing counsel repeated the question. It went back and forth a few times until my parents' lawyer incredulously produced a picture of their tree, which was, even to the untrained eye, a completely different tree. At that point, the opposing counsel whirled around and started screaming at his client, You said that was their tree! Case summarily dismissed. My parents walked out in shock, came home, and bought me ice cream. All's well that ends well. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.